I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we are talking about presidential primaries. So grab your party affiliation. And let's get civical. for the first time you're gonna hate how this sounds (laughs) (laughs) because we simply do two in this room and we're the ones speaking sorry hi Um, everyone watch me drop into my lower register (laughs) there it is there it is there you are how are you doing i am so good i'm so good okay I'm wow. loving life. Oh my god. I would say I'm I'm doing well as well. I'm doing well as well. Yeah. Great. I'm okay, don't get mad. I am hungry, but I did eat breakfast. Before. You ate breakfast. Good. I did. I ate I ate toast and eggs, but I'm still hungry. That's it's so funny you mentioned that because I uh also had toast and eggs, but I also had bacon. Oh. And as I was making breakfast, I had a flash I was like I thought about you because I was like, I wonder if Lizzie's eating breakfast. I was. And I resisted the urge to ask you if you were eating breakfast. If I was eating breakfast, breakfast. like my mother. No, I literally, I woke up with the intention of eating breakfast. And that's why I texted you clarifying the time that we were supposed to be here to record. Yeah. Because if it was the earlier time, I was like, I'm not going to have time to make breakfast. But right. It's the later time. And so I had time to make breakfast. Mm. And I, I had breakfast, eggs, I mean, bread, <laughs> eggs, <laughs> and coffee. Yes. But it just like disintegrates. It it's does. never enough. No. I have literally a salad. I travel with salad. You do travel with salad. Salad. I travel with nothing. 
I travel with the clothes on my back. You also live closer I do live to closer. the studio than I do. That's so true. it's going to take me like an hour. So you, but when do you eat the salad? Do you eat the salad on the train? Well, we have our little pr- oh, scheduling sure. thing. So I'm going to stuff my face with my ready pack salad. The scheduling thing that I'm invited to because I'm also a part of the team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Perfect. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> so, guys, this is crazily not about uh, art and our eating, eating habits. habits. It's just, isn't it crazy how you're just always going to be hungry? Again, it is funny how you have to keep eating food, and also crazy how you have to keep sleeping. I can't. I I like it's so disheartening eating and then knowing it's never gonna be enough. There's some like like tweet that somebody put out that went viral that was like, "It is insane that we have to keep doing these things. Like, I will continue to have to keep grocery shopping. Mm -hmm. It's just never going to end until one day it does." Speaking of grocery shopping, I went grocery shopping yesterday. It's the grocery store is two blocks from my house, and so I was walking back with like a ton, like a lot of groceries. Like it was a painful two block walk. Oh, and then at one point, one of my bags that was filled with cans broke. No, and so I had like seven bags of groceries. And there's this. What this, are you making? Well, I was making chili, and there's oh. this dude who's literally like four feet away from me who just watches me try to pick up my cans and one of the cans even rolled over to him and I'm just like my my energy is like I got it and and I'm trying to pick up these cans and he's not helping me at all it was like the most New York experience of just this other person being like an utter distress figure it out out. he was not gonna help me he was just standing there like waiting for the bus and I was like don't worry You know, and I you know will survive. Me, when I'm in distress, it's fucking sad. Like, it's just, it's pathetic. <laughs> like, my whole vibe is please help her. And no, nobody helped me. So, anyways, but yeah, I made chili so I can eat that. That's later. so good. Do you know what I do to avoid that situation? What? You order your I food. I order in food. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I have not set foot in a grocery store in years. I love that for you. It's, it's horrible. Like, I, I, I get a lot of stuff from Amazon and Amazon. Like I do the thing where they'll, they'll shop in Whole Foods for you. Oh, sure. But I just, I can't. I yeah. Can't. I live at the top of the hill. I can't do it anymore. No, totally. I mean, my, it's very convenient. I just like got a little overzealous. Yeah. I was carrying so much and they put too many cans in one plastic bag. Ooh. And I was like, this is just, <laughs> it was dehumanizing uh, in a really. Did really you make way. it home with all of your, all of your cans? Yeah, I flipping did. I put the cans in indiv- like other bags that I was carrying. It's very heavy, but I flip and made it. Good for you. And the chili tastes great. Thanks yes. for asking. So good. So anywho, it's crazy that we're not talking about uh, so, any of this. It's, it's the craziest thing. Um, um, but today we're talking about presidential primaries. Yes, we are. We're, ki- we're gearing up. We're gearing up for they are upon us. They are upon us. It's so exciting. I can't wait to talk about it. You guys, you're gonna just flip and die when you hear about this stuff. It's insane. We're gonna talk about the there are lots of different like there's state primaries, there's local primaries, there's they're all like the rules for them are different by state. We're not talking about any of that because quite frankly, it's a lot and it's we're not uh, going multiple episodes. Mm -mm. We're not doing that. We're talking about the presidential primary yeah the so. big the big kahuna yeah as they say yeah. so let's talk with what is the overall structure yeah and uh this is what it is so the presidential primary is the process by which americans choose the presidential candidate of their preferred party in the months leading up to the party's conventions and the general election love it yeah the winner of a state's primary or caucus we'll talk about the difference later gets a certain amount of delegates to the party's national convention. So we talked about this a little bit yeah, in our well, episode with, uh, with Danny. Danny about pre- presidential nominating conventions. Yeah. And, uh, and we're going to pull from that again. So to win the 2020 Democratic nomination, for example, a candidate will need to win the majority of their 3,979 pledged delegates. Yeah. Oof, a lot of delegates. Yeah. Democrats divide their 3,979 pledged delegates among the states, the District of Columbia, territories, and other jurisdictions without electoral votes. That is based on a formula that takes into account both population and the Democratic Party's strength in particular jurisdictions. Yeah. So, like, where I pulled that from, that's coming from Pew Research. And I think in their... In the article that they have about that, they talk about, like, Tennessee and Massachusetts Mm -hmm. have, like, the same... 
like population, but because Massachusetts has a stronger democratic they get more base, they get more sure. delegates. Sure. Yeah. Love it. Okay. To win the Republican presidential nomination, the candidate needs to win the majority of their approximately 2,551 delegates. Yeah. Wow. Um, and like we said, to talk about each state individually would uh, kill us all. Kill us all. Uh, so we're just going to stay macro. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're going to stay big. We're going to stay big picture. Um, one of the first things to note is that the word primary means a couple of different things, which you know I love. Uh-huh. You know I uh-huh. love. <laughs> it's like bat and bat. It could be a flying bat. It could be a hitting bat. Oh, my God. That's insane. I love that. Yeah. Um, so this can mean a couple of different things depending on the context. So first of all, primary refers to the whole process of choosing a candidate. In this case, we're talking about a presidential candidate in a federal position. But it also applies to state and local elected positions, such as for governor, city council member, et cetera. So we had prime New York state primaries yeah. to, for the governor election. Yeah. You know, we have that you have that or some version of that in your state. Yeah. Secondly, second thing it could mean is it refers to one of two ways people vote in this process. The other way candidates are chosen is by a caucus, which we'll talk about in a moment. The third thing it refers to is when a candidate to the more extreme sides of the pendulum, either the more conservative or more liberal, run against a sitting elected official to try and push them out of office. So, for example, AOC defeating Joe Crowley in 2018, who had served in Congress for almost 20 years at the time. Uh, AOC is an uber liberal and socialist supporter. And also you can think of David Bratt, who defeated Eric Cantor in 2014, who was the sitting House Majority Leader at the time. And Bratt was a member of the Tea Party. Yeah. So those are examples of that. So one of the things that I feel like people get frustrated about with the primary, the overall structure of the primary, the presidential primary system is why the fuck Iowa always goes first. Oh, sure. Yeah. Do you know, it gets a big... It's just common. It's what happens now. But also people are like, but why Iowa? There's nobody there. Of it's all... mainly cows. It's all white people. It's a lot of corn. It's a lot of corn. It's a lot of it's a lot of grasslands pop, like with dots of cows and white people. Yeah, why Iowa do is they going on, you know? get to go first? Um, And I think part, you know, part of it is that Iowa. You know, it's Iowa is important because it goes first. Iowa in and of itself is like not an important state to win. Yeah. But. If you set the t- if you win Iowa, then it, it sometimes sets the tone for like we're going forward when you go to sure. other states like you've won a state. You've got some delegates. Yeah. So according to I'm going to name these journalists because they I found this L.A. Times article that was super helpful and they should get credit. So according to Chris Keller, Raul Mukherjee and Mark Bar- Barbarak at the L.A. Times. Um, they say that in the last seven contested races for the Democratic nomination, five candidates went on to win to become the Democratic nominee after winning Iowa. Mm. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. They go on to say that it's because the main function of the early states is to call the field of hopefuls, separating the also ran candidates from uh, with a real shot at success. So they're like, yes, there are all these people. I was texting my cousin earlier this morning who lives in Ohio, and she was like, "These so there are just some people who need to drop out. And I was like, there will be people who will drop yeah. out, like people, the people who Iowa, come yeah. in like last second, th- like the bottom of the barrel. People will start to drop within the next couple of weeks as the caucuses and primaries start to happen because they just like at a certain point, the math just doesn't work. Yeah. Like, like not yeah. even financial math, like Kamala and Booker. There were people who dropped out because they couldn't afford their campaigns anymore. Yeah. But somebody, you know, like a Yang or somebody like that, like they just won't get the vote. There the will no- be no way for them to win. Right. right. And at some point, people like you will come down to the actual like candidates who have, have substance, yeah. yeah, um, who have a shot. That's a better way to say it. So the five Iowa, the five candidates who won in Iowa, uh, who then went on to win the party's nominee, were Walter Mondale. Oh, Walter! President Mondale. Walter. Al Gore, John Kerry, Barack Obama, and Hillary Clinton. Only one of them, Obama, in two thousand eight, went on to win the presidency. Gorgeous. Yeah, absolutely gorgeous. So in terms of Iowa. If we think about this, the goal is to win 270 electoral votes uh, from the Electoral College. Sure. Yeah. And the party loyalties of each state change with time. So, like, if you think about, like, right now, Vermont is considered a very Democratic mm-hmm. state. It's very blue. full of hippy-dippy liberals yes. and very, dem- very blue democratic. Yeah. 
But it wasn't always that way. It used no. to be very Republican. Even in California, like there were parts of California that were more red. And so it wasn't yeah. always so blue. Yeah. So the idea, I mean, this is just my personal opinion, like the idea of switching around the order because, you know, because one state leans one way and it, we shouldn't have that, like, you know, maybe a if California is more representative of the country, like we should have that state go first. Like that's not if the party affiliations are of the states are switching, like yeah. they're going to keep switching. So why yeah. like that is not a reason for me to me to like change up the order of the states. And I do think it's like a valid thing to have a state that goes first, that goes first. That's a more like middle of the road state like Iowa, like Iowa. Sure. Not that it has to be Iowa. Yeah. And they're like, we could talk about that in a second. Yeah. But I do think that like, if you had a state like California, I don't know that in the end you would end up with a candidate because you can't just win on the liberal on the liberal states. No. In the general. No. I think that you like it It could set you up for failure to do, to play that out. Yeah. Since the presidential primaries and caucuses became a thing following the 1968 very violent protests sure. at the Democratic Remember National that. Convention. Very, very violent. Very Woo. violent. We don't um, like it. We don't no. like it. They it really scared the party like and it really the they're like okay iowa I, iowa first <laughs> iowa first. It. it scared it scared the party and so since then iowa has always been first which basically just started out as like a practical necessity because the party was trying to figure out how to schedule the states and how to schedule the primaries and arrange things but part of that part of the reason that iowa iowa went first and sam sanders writes about this at npr is that part of spreading out the the presidential nominating schedule in each state meant putting Iowa first because it has one of the more complex processes for oh, sure. electing and awarding their delegates. <laughs> Give them the most time. So they needed the time. Like yeah. they had to start first because they were like, okay, this is our process. And the party was like, Jesus H Christ. Okay, All right. Fine. Like, okay, you, you go first. Top of the line. <laughs> right. Like start, you know, why you have to do this. You have no cows, you have cows, no people, but okay, fine. And then it's just kind of stuck. And now yeah. it's become like, there are, there are a whole like, journalistic structures and political structures that have like been born and bred out of this idea of like Iowa going first, yeah. like the Iowa state yeah. fair. And you know, it's, it's become a thing. So fun fact one, throw, some in here. throw it in there. And the democratic party held Iowa caucuses first in the nation in 1972 and the GOP followed suit in 1976. Love it. So the Democrats were the first ones to hold, to like take part in the system and then shortly thereafter, the GOP was like, all right, like, yeah, that seems good. This like, we, can, we can do this. It's all good. Okay. Yeah. I want to be a part of it, you know? Yeah. I want to I wanna get in on this action. Fun fact two. Once a peanut farmer. Mm. I put this in here for yes, you. Yes, for me. Say it. Say it aloud. Once a peanut farmer named Jimmy Carter rode an Iowa caucus win all the way to the White House. Yes, he did, honey. Iowa became a thing that has lasted beyond its immediate context. Yes, legacy. Yes, Jimmy Carter. Yes, Iowa. Yeah. Okay, I'm now on board with Iowa. Look, if it's good enough for Jimmy, it's good enough for me. It's I've good said it once, I'll say it a thousand times. All right. So the arguments against Iowa going first are usually something as follows. It has no major cities to represent an urban vote. It's right. all rural. Yeah. Mo that's not like most of the states in the country. Like even if like you look at Georgia, they have Atlanta. Like right, right. Most states have some big. What's the capital of Iowa? Is it Sioux? Is it Sioux? Des Moines. Des Moines. Des Moines. Des Moines. You're Des Moines. <laughs> Producer Kate just mouthed that to me. Like, <laughs> Des Moines Always being there for me. <laughs> so there's that. So there's no like real big city to represent that vote. It's 97 percent white, unlike the rest of the country. Sure. There's low voter turnout, actually. Absolutely gorgeous. Generally, well, it's so complicated. This, so they're not even really invested in their first in the nation status. The demographic is mostly rural, like we said, unlike most of the country. Like a viable state alternative might be a Georgia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Colorado, where you've got like Atlanta and Georgia, Columbus, Toledo, Cleveland, name any other city in Ohio, um, Philadelphia and Pennsylvania, Denver. You know, like there are other states yeah. that give you kind of what you they like serve the purpose of the Iowa serving. Right. But they're a little bit more representative of the country. Right. So what makes this Iowa years this, this year's Iowa caucuses a little bit more fun? Oh. Um, uh, we love fun. And by fun I mean trad like very they're going to be harder to understand and I feel like I mean listen we're recording this on the day before the Iowa caucuses so our listeners will have we'll have more information. More information than we have right now about how the Iowa caucuses turn out. Oh my God. Hope, um, pulls, hope somebody pulls through. So pulls through. 
But this, uh, so this is the thing that is changing for the Dems in the Iowa caucuses this year. Is that according to the New York Times, instead of, quote, instead of the usual one result. Oh, God. The Democratic Party will report three sets of results. Not helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Not helpful. (laughs) Okay, so the first one is a projection of delegate totals, meaning state delegate equivalents, also called SDEs, because we need an acronym. Of Of course course we we need an acronym. Two, the raw vote totals at the beginning of the caucuses, known as the first alignment. Okay. Must we do things like this? I don't know. And third, the final totals after non-viable candidates or those who did not receive 15% of the 15% support at a precinct have been eliminated and their supporters have chosen another candidate or decided to sit it out. Oh, the my final alignment. God. So like you have... So the you first, could have three different... You could have three different... There will... there Depending on how many people how many votes happen in each type of result, you could, in theory, have three different people, quote, win the Iowa caucus. Oh, perfect. Absolutely perfect. I mean, they will claim it. Like, Sure. If I win one of the three, absolutely I'd, I win I'd spin Iowa. it. I would spin it. Like, yeah. I won the final alignment. Which one do you want the most? Which of the Which three? one do you want the most to win? I Yeah, like, like if I'm, like, let's say I'm Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. Um, I could never be, but... Let's say I am. Which one means more to me? The the projection of delegate totals, the raw vote totals, or uh, the final totals after non-viable candidates have been eliminated? I feel like, I mean, I get the difference between the second and third mm-hmm. re- total results. Like, the, the, the second result is basically like, this is literally how everybody voted. This is yep. the raw, like, this is the taken into vote. account. <laughs> this is like, this is, this is the, the caucus vote. The third one makes sense to me in the sense that, like, you know, if, you know, let's assume that, like. If you can't vote for Andrew Yang, who do you vote for? Right. Yeah. And if you're only going to vote for Yang, then then you decide to sit out. Yeah. That's one, you know, that takes that into account. Or if you're an Andrew Yang voter and you're like, okay, I get it. He's not like my, he didn't get above the 15%. I'm going to throw my vote to Warren. Yeah. Then your vote counts in that final alignment. I, you know, you want the delegates. So in theory, like if the projection of the delegate totals goes to you, goes to you, like that's what you yeah, want. Ultimately, that's how you get the nomination is because the delegates. Right. But there's also a world in which like. Like you could foresee if Yang got five percent, like some way to spin that in an email to his support. Like, you know, like there's a sure. fundraising oh, possibility. Sure. There's a spin that could happen. Like there's, you know. No, absolutely. Yeah. I, wow. That's so great. Thank you, Iowa. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about the difference between primaries and caucuses. Um, I'm very excited because I often am asking, oh, what is the difference? And so here we go. <laughs> so for our purposes of this episode, we are talking about the presidential primary in which there are primaries and caucuses. Does that clear it up? Great. <laughs> I don't know that there are caucuses for other elected like you never hear about a caucus for like the governor of Colorado. Oh, I don't know. I <laughs> bet maybe there's we also some just pay... state somewhere that's doing something, something weird. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, but let's talk about what caucuses okay, are. Please. So caucuses are are very different than from primaries. Um, think of them as a combination of a neighborhood block meeting and some kind of children's game. Mm-hmm. Love that. Caucuses are private meetings run by political parties. They're held at a county district or precinct level. In most, participants divide themselves into groups according to the candidate they support. Undecided voters form their own group. Each group gives speeches supporting its candidate and tries to get others to join its group. At the end, the number of voters in each group determines how many delegates each candidate has won. This is flipping crazy. It's insanity. I know we talked about this before, but this, I can't get over the fact that it's like, Okay, uh, let's just, let's form two, one on this side of the wall and one on that side of the wall. Okay, uh, Jim, which, which side do you want? Oh, you want to go, you're in the back wall. Okay, so Jim's on the back wall. If anybody agrees with Jim, go to the back wall. It's like absolutely crazy. You're making, put a man on the moon. You're making fun of it and that's not wrong. 100% what it is. I know. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's literally the nice thing. Okay. Uh, For example, so in Iowa on Monday, February 3rd, which will already have passed when this comes out, but Mm -hmm. for example, at 7 p.m. in each of the states, 1,678 voting precincts, Democratic voters will have gathered, debated issues, and candidates with each other and eventually clustered into, quote, preference groups to elect delegates in their county's conventions. Yeah. 
crazy. It's kind of funny to watch. Like last in 2016. Are they televised? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I, oh, I know what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> They're, yeah. Like if you, I think I, I mean, of course I watched it on MSNBC because I'm predictable, but it was, I mean, it's funny to like, you just see them and like, I'm not kidding. It's a high school gymnasium. Yeah, like just going to their groups under the basketball hoops. I mean, like, and that's where the, like people vote too. Like that's yeah. not the weird part about it. No, the yeah, weird yeah. part about it is that there's literally like, we love Bernie. We love war. Like there, there are groups yeah. of people around this gymnasium yeah. or wherever the that's thing like is being a done. basketball court and a volleyball court. And a volleyball court mm-hmm. and like badminton for a week in the fall. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then. They literally like the they go to the undecided voters and they're like trying to convince them. I mean, in a way, it's kind of sweet because it's super old school. Yeah, like hey, universal healthcare, come on down, come on down. Like, don't you want student debt? Come, come on, on down. down. Like, let's get rid of that. Yeah. Like, Bernie's gonna be great. Yeah. No, it's never gonna pass. Oh but like, God. Green New Deal, back of the wall. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. I think it's kind yeah. of sweet in a way. I mean, it's also like the most it's the least democratic way to hold that kind of a yeah. vote because you're committed right like you have to be there yeah it's not like you can check in and be like um you guys just i'm with warren i just gotta go like get my kid yeah like can the, i text in my thing you know i can't early no caucus. can't early caucus <laughs> early caucus does not exist because yeah. if your candidate like if you're for a candidate that isn't going to get above the threshold and you leave mm-hmm. then your vote goes away goes away it's absolutely crazy. Yeah. I love it. Okay, great. This country is insane. It's bananas. Okay, so Iowa's Democratic caucuses are open only to registered party members, not unaffiliated voters, or those registered as Republicans or with other parties. So when the when Iowa happens, it's only Demo- people who are registered as Democrats yeah. participate. Yeah. Cannot, nobody else is allowed. Yeah. And we're going to talk about the open-closed close, open yeah. close primaries. Yeah. yeah. Um, however, people can register or change their party affiliation on caucus night if they want to participate. So you yeah. can show up and be like, yes, I was a Republican. However, I've seen the light and I want to be a Democrat. Yeah. Can I please go to the back of the wall? And they'll say, oh, my God. Yes. Come on in. Back of the wall. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So the states and territories that have caucuses on the Democratic side are Iowa, Nevada, American Samoa Territory, uh, North Dakota, Wyoming, Guam, Virgin Islands. So, mm-hmm. oh, my God. Do we remember our... Um, territory territory episode so yeah we talked we talked about that um okay so states and territories on the republican side that have caucuses are virgin islands guam northern mariana islands and american samoa so pretty much just territories territories. they don't really do do caucuses caucuses. in the states yeah so that's why you know when for example we have you know people being like is puerto rico part of america it's like well you know if you think about it our territories actually do participate in our presidential elections so maybe, yes, it is, I don't know, part of America. Otherwise, it would be illegal. Uh-huh. Sure would. Okay. So that's caucuses. That's now caucuses. let's talk about primaries. Much simpler concept. Which I'm sure everybody will be more familiar with. So primaries are direct voting for the candidate you prefer. It's like voting in the general, the type of voting most people are used to. So you give your name at the polling place, you're given a secret ballot, b- ballot you vote, and no one knows who you voted for because it's all secret. Hush, hush, hush. Yeah. Don't say anything. You know? The Republican Party in Wyoming ho- holds county and state level conventions to decide their nominee for that state. Great, Wyoming. <laughs> it's uh, it's the Republican Party in Wyoming. I, I that's I they do that. With, like fine, Great. okay. And the Democrats in the Northern Mariana Islands hold conventions to decide their nominees. Yeah, great. Yeah, sure, absolutely. So yes. they d- like an- yet another way that you could yeah decide it's a nominee. Bonkers to me that there every state has something insanely different. Yeah. And that even the way that they, like, who they allow in is different. Yeah. What the, like, yeah, who requirements they allow, are. Yeah. Like, the way that they, like, translate. The fact that I was having three different <laughs> results. And then the way that they translate that into, I mean, it's like, yeah. it's insane. It's utterly insane. We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. Hi, guys. It's Lizzie. Today, our episode is sponsored by Best Fiends. 
That's like friends without the R. I had been looking for a new way to engage my brain with a fun puzzle. And this, guys, if you're looking for the same thing, this is the game for you. Because when you play Best Fiends, not only do you engage your brain with fun puzzles, you also get to collect tons of super cute characters. I'm on level 50 already. With over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must play. Arden and I have to read about politics 24-7, so it's so great to have something that we can relax and unwind with, and we can do it while we ride the subway because Best Fiends doesn't require the internet at all. And honestly, this game is so popular, I bet some of our listeners play Best Fiends. So if you do, send us at Let's Get Civical a DM and let us know. We want to compare our progress. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. So here are the differences between an open and a closed primary. Let's do it. So this is all coming from the National Conference of State Legislatures. Absolutely gorgeous. Shout out to our friends. Shout out to our friends. So a closed primary and closed primaries, a voter who is seeking to vote in a closed primary must be a registered party member, usually done at the time of voter registration. Mm-hmm. Although that, yes, that is true. But then you can change your party affiliation. So if you haven't registered as a Democrat or as a Republican, when you register to vote, the rules are going to be different by state, but you can go in and change your your party affiliation. Yeah. In New York, it's super difficult. I mean, I it's not that. difficult. You can just like you just refile your voter registration, but yeah. you have to do it with, like a year before the election. Right. So the closed primary states are Delaware, Florida, Kentucky, Maryland, Nevada, New Mexico, New York, Oregon and Pennsylvania. Right. Yeah. So if you want, if you live in those states and you want to vote in your primary, you got to be, you got to be registered in your party. And you might have had, I don't know what those deadlines are for each of those states. New York, I think. They're all different. Can you believe it? They're all different. And I think New York's was like last October. That's great. Isn't it? It's like the, it's the, it's the month after the last general election. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, there are partially closed primaries. So partially closed primaries are states where the law permits political parties to choose whether to allow unaffiliated voters or not who are registered with the party to participate in their nominating contests before each election cycle. So, so it like, can be like Democrats and non-affiliated voters yeah. if that's what the state has decided, just not Republicans. Just not Republicans. Yeah, like you can, yes, it's only the chosen party. And undecided. And undecided. Gorgeous. Yeah. But if you're registered in the other party, absolutely. other than the one you want to vote in, you can't come. You can't come. So you if you you're are registered with the Green Party you're and you want to vote in the, with the Democrats, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. So those states are Alaska, Connecticut, Idaho, North Carolina, Oklahoma, South Dakota, and Utah. Great. Great. Yeah. There's partially open. Oh, perfect. I know. Just, just to make it more complicated. It makes me want to like bash my head against yes, this table right it's now. Not, it's not just closed and open. It's, it's like partially closed. Pa- partially open. Amazing. Partially open. So what's the difference between partially closed and partially open? So in partially open, the system permits voters to cross party lines, but they must either publicly declare their ballot choice <laughs> or their ballot selection may be regarded as a form of registration with the corresponding party. Excellent. Yeah. So that would be like, that's Iowa. Remember how we talked about like, if you're not registered, if you want to change on the day on caucus night, you can go and you can change. Hey, but that then it's counted as like an official change in your registration. It's not just like this one Monday night, I'm going to be a Democrat. And then we're done. No, you've you've like officially I mean, you can go back and change it, but you are changing your party affiliation. So the partially open states are Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Ohio, Tennessee and Wyoming. Gorgeous. Yeah. There's a open to unaffiliated voters Absolutely category. Absolutely perfect. Great. Which is yes, more, yes, 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 yes. More than I thought would be. Sure. Um, so open to unaffiliated voters allows only unaffiliated voters to participate in any party primary they choose. They do not allow voters who are registered with one party to vote in another party's primary. So this is like your independence having a say. Like you've yeah. got your party affiliations. They're all set. There's no switching. It's just the people who don't have one, they can just show up. 
Love it. Yeah. Love it. They can just show up. Yeah. So those states are Arizona, Colorado, Kansas, Maine, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, New Jersey, Rhode Island, and West Virginia. Okay. Great. Okay. Okay. So we're... Okay, open primaries. Okay, open that primaries. sounds familiar. We're getting to the end of our... In open primaries, uh, in general, but not always, states do not ask voters to choose parties on the voter registration form. These are open primary states. And in open primary state, voters choose privately which primary to support. Voters can choose which party's ballot to vote on, so they can ask for either party's ballot when they arrive, mm-hmm. but the decision is private and does not register the voter with that party. So, like, you could go up and be like, I'm going to vote with the Democratic Party this time. Mm-hmm. Take your ballot. You fill it out. You submit it. You give it back. That doesn't mean you're a part of the Democratic. No. It doesn't get marked somewhere that like you're now all a right. registered member of the party. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. that It's kind of funny like where the different structures are clustered. So this is very much like a Southern thing. Sure. I, uh, I see it. Yeah. yeah. So it's Arkansas, Georgia, Hawaii, Minnesota, uh, Mississippi, Missouri, North, Deco- North Dakota, South Carolina, Texas. Virginia, Wisconsin. Did I already say South one of these? Oh, no, North Carolina. Okay. Yeah. So, like, that's very much a Southern thing that you're like, give me liberty or give me death. Give yeah. me the choice. I want to choose. Give me the choice. <laughs> Don't tell anybody I'm voting Democrat. <laughs> so then you can have top two primaries, which they tried to do in New York recently. Did they? Wasn't that, wasn't that a ballot initiative? Oh, it was. You're right. Yep. You're right. Yep, yep, yep. So in top two primaries, which is California and Washington. State. State, yeah. Uh, the top two primaries uh, format uses a common ballot. So you list all candidates for the office on the same ballot. In California, each candidate lists her his or her party affiliation, um, whereas in Washington, each, each candidate is authorized to list a party preference. Okay. Which I feel like we're splitting hairs. Sure. I think we're saying that. the same thing. I think we're saying the same thing. And in this system, the top two vote getters in each race, regardless of party, advance to the next advance of the general election. Got it. So essentially, you will always get like a vote between two people. But in this case, you could have two Democrats running against each other or right. two Republicans or whatever, right. you know. Just whoever is the most popular, whoever regardless is the most popular. of party. Right. Love that. Okay. Guys, what is the difference between the parties? Can you believe that we're about to talk about this? So the way the Democratic and Republican Party structure their primaries and the rules they have for them are so different. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely terrifying. It scares me a little bit. So following the 2016 election, the Democratic Party has endeavored to make the presidential nominating process more fair, or at least its perception more fair. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely gorgeous. So in the Democratic primaries, so you have... The superdelegates are officials and elected Democratic officials. That's who they are. Yeah. They're yep. like the party. Yes. Like I am a of, House member yeah. of New York and I'm a delegate. Mm. Superdelegate. Yes. Because I have a I have a office. Yeah. Under these new rules, superdelegates would no longer be allowed to vote during the first ballot of the presidential nominating process at the party's convention in most circumstances. Superdelegates would only be able to vote in extraordinary cases, such as contested conventions, where the nomination process is extended through multiple ballot until one candidate prevails. Yeah. So they just kind of sit over here unless they're needed. Yeah, they don't do anything. Aside from the major, this major rule change, the Democrats have fewer winner-take-all states in their primary and caucuses, which means that non-winning candidates have a chance to earn delegates. This makes the race more competitive over time as candidates may stay in the race longer. Yeah, I really am against winner-take-all states, it's, like vehemently against. It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. Yeah. Um, However, yeah. with the 2020 election upon us, <laughs> the GOP has taken great strides to dampen the Democratic nature of their presidential nominating process. Shout out. <laughs> the GOP still has nine states that are winner-take-all in their primaries, which means... Even if you could get on the ballot and manage to win some percentage of the vote, you would get absolutely nothing if you lose. So if you are a candidate who gets 49% of the vote mm-hmm. and the uh, your other person gets 51%, you get absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. You get no delegates. Yeah. You do not get half of the delegates. You do not get a little less than half of the delegates. You get zero. It is the least democratic yep structure that we have in like this entire country it's insane it's insane because not only do you not get those delegates let's say the state has 100 delegates yeah not only do you not get 
49. Mm -hmm. The other person gets 100 that they didn't earn. So that means that 49% of that population in that state does not get their vote even recognized at all. At all. It's insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. New this year, the GOP has straight up canceled primaries in Alaska, Arizona, Hawaii, Kansas, Nevada, South Carolina, and Virginia. So that just means that in those states, Trump is your nominee. Trump is your nominee. That's, That's all it. you get. They've canceled You don't them. get any other nominee. No. So if you live in those states and you're like, I don't feel like this is right, you should call somebody because yep. you don't have a choice. There are like other Republicans running against Trump. Yeah. But, but like... But they don't there. There's no primaries. The, the, and if, I mean, if we want to say what you will about the Democratic Party and, and the 2016 election, the GOP in 2020, there is no there's primary no election. primary. They have you have no choice. It. You have no choice. They have stamped it out. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> so this is the primary system. And the whole point of the primary system is to get delegates yeah and delegates give you the win to the nomination or the win to the nomination yes yeah and it's not the same thing as the electoral college it is not it's like it's confusing or it can be because it's a similar structure but one is to elect the party nominee the other one is to elect the the actual president and but how you go from like the 1600 precincts in iowa and all their caucuses and those votes to like that there's like a lot of math that happens mm-hmm. to go from like what's that vote to how many delegates does Warren get? Do you know what I mean? like right. there's a lot that happens there. Um and it's it's confusing. So I'm I'm literally gonna read verbatim Nate Silver. Great. Shout out to Nate Silver who always I, guides us through who, stormy weathers. Stormy stormy weathers that have to do with numbers. This is all literally his words. None of them are mine. So Nate Silver from 538 says This is what he has to say about the situation. Democrats allocate their delegates proportionally among candidates who get 15% or more of the vote in any given state or district. So you have to get the minimum is 15%. Got it. So for instance, if Bernie Sanders gets 42% of the vote in a certain state, and this, so we'll say he wrote this before people started dropping out. So there are names of people in here who are no longer running, but for the sake of argument. So if Bernie Sanders gets 42% of the vote in a certain state, Kamala Harris gets 18% of the vote. Joe Biden gets 14%. Pete Buttigieg gets 11. Cory Booker gets 10. And Mariana Williamson gets five. Then only Sanders and Harris would get state level delegates, with Sanders getting 70% of the delegates and Harris getting the other 30%. Got because it. they were the ones in this very made up scenario that got over 15% of the vote. Got it. So then you divide that proportionally by how many, by their percentage of vote. Mm-hmm. get according to that's how you would split up their delegate count and then he says the part that's easy to miss is the term state level delegates In the democratic primaries only about 35 percent of delegates are actually allocated at the state level the remaining 65 percent are allocated by district usually by congressional district although some states use different methods such as by county which is what they do in montana and delaware delaware or legislative districts such as in Texas or New Jersey. So there's also like this whole other pool of delegates that Perfect. are awarded by like, yeah, by like geographical makeup. Mm-hmm. And he says this can make a big difference. In the example above, for instance, if Biden were to get 14% of the vote statewide, he would probably, he probably would get some delegates because he'd likely be at or above 15% in at least some districts. Got it. So, like, you might not win the Iowa caucus at the state level, right? Like, But you're still going to get some delegates because in this district, yeah. you got 15% of the vote. Yeah. And so you're going to get not a bunch. You might get, like, let's say eight. Yeah. Whereas if you won, if you got, you know, 36% on the statewide level, and I'm making these numbers up, yeah, maybe you got, that. those are your percentage wins, and maybe you get, like, 12 delegates you know it's like yeah it's it it becomes a lot of like moving the math around which is then amazing to me that like they report this live on national television oh my god i know (laughs) who's doing the math who's doing the math geez louise shout out to the to the mathematicians on this excel spreadsheet that i would love to see yeah so that's like the basic differences between 
primaries and caucuses. Yeah. Open and closed primaries. Yeah. How the kind of structure works. So we'll go through it's the really, primary season. And yeah. And we'll be to doing updates. You guys, we'll do you updates. know, we'll be here. It's just, it's crazy. It's going to get, I know, I know this election is going to be brutal for a lot of ways, for a lot of reasons, mm-hmm. but this process sort of like the states that are like really not democratic in their election process. Yeah. Like that's always been the case. And now it's really going to be, it's really going to bother me. Yeah. You know, I feel like there's a lot about electing a president that I don't agree with how we do it. Yeah. But like I can, you know, when I think about it, something like winner take all states is like probably one of the top things that make me really angry. Yeah. Because it's just like you can't get less democratic than that. Yeah. Other than like somebody coming in and being like, I am the president. Yep. Nobody gets a choice. Yep. You know, which is basically like what like, I mean, or the states that have canceled primaries who are just like, you don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. Like, what are you talking about? I don't have a choice. That's flipping insane. That's insane. And I really would love like a Republican voter or two or 2000 to like. Sue. Yeah. Like somebody should yeah, sue. Yeah, it's like how like, is that constitution? I, I mean, I guess lo- it's the states and then you get it's like do are the states allowed to not ha- hold these primary like but like sue the, the Republican party. Like if they're sure. if they're making those decisions like sue oh my the Republican goodness. party for I'm, like Yeah, they should be the the states should hold they should have a ballot that's like do you want to hold a primary this year? It should be on some sort of special election ballot yeah. or it's some sort of thing that you have to consider like proposal number one yeah you know like this is how we're gonna do it this year yes or no if they did that and it went through then like i still wouldn't agree with it but at least there's some sort of cho- voter choice right 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 as opposed to them just being like actually no, no. you're good with you're good with donald j trump amazing so Great. are we amazing. done done we wash our hands it's crazy it's like what and like you know, I I'd be curious to understand the precedent of of that sort of decision. Yeah. Like I'm sure this is not the first time no. that somebody's canceled a primary. I'm sure it's happened. The Democrats have done it, and it's just like I don't I don't agree with that. No, you can't just assume that an incumbent gets to stay, reg- regardless of how well they're doing, it's regardless also, of if there's impeachment charges or not. It's also like completely, it's the opposite of their argument in the impeachment trial, which is. The voters voted. Yeah. Let the election stand. Yeah. We're ha- we have an election coming up in November. Let that, like, let the voters I'm like, speak then. You're not letting which, them. Which might be, like, put a pin in the in the idea that, like, that's a dereliction of duty, right? Mm-hmm. Like, your job in the con- under the Constitution is to check the presidential power. Yes. And when he, that person oversteps, you are- The body that checks that it. That checks it. That is your job. Just put a little pin in that, little yeah. hat pin in that. Little boop. Like- then you can't turn around and say like that that if you if, if that's your argument that the voters should decide and the voters have decided in 2016 mm-hmm. then then you need to have open and fair elections yeah but it's in your party especially but it's like it's like that's not what the voters decided in 2016 that's not what they i decided. hate i hate to be that person no, but that not. doesn't that argument doesn't hold up it no. doesn't hold up it's, it's what the electoral decided yeah but when you have um winner take all situations it's like yeah. you know yeah like uh, that's not what the voters decided. No. It's Anywho, <laughs> absolutely fun. I can't wait to see how it all pans out. So looking forward to the, the nineteen winners of Iowa that are going to come out of this. <laughs> no. I'm oh really excited to see who it's going to be. It's going to be. Did you see that they canceled? There's this like big Des Moines Register poll that's supposed to come out like before the. It's like the last poll that comes out before the caucuses. Mm-hmm. And they canceled it. Did you oh, see this? no. Why? Because there was, it was like somebody got some person that the polling place contacted. They didn't ask this person about Pete Buttigieg. Like he wasn't on the list of names that oh, they asked about. Interesting. And so that person then contacted, this is, I think, according to the New York Times, that person then contacted Pete Buttigieg's campaign. Ah. Who then was like, we weren't on this poll. And then, so then they raised questions about its methodology, the legend, the and so now the they're poll. canceling the the poll. Uh, I just polls just make me want to just punch myself in the face. I don't, I don't want to hear any polls. I just, I just want like just, let's just flip and start the process. Is where I'm at now. 
Like, let's just like get me the caucuses, get me the primaries, like just give me the ballots. Let me see what people are saying. Yeah. I can't projections. I can't do it anymore. You led me astray once. I'm not going to do it again. Yep. I'm just not going to do it. So that's I, interesting. It's interesting. I'm like, I know you like polls. Oh. <laughs> I, just think, I think they're val. I think they're valid and interesting if you know what they're asking and who they're asking oh, and sure, what their sure, scope sure, sure. is. Like, I don't hate polls. Yeah, I just yeah. like I've. They're I've also been super hurt hard. Before. I, oh, yeah. I'm coming from trauma. I know they're also super hard to do, especially now that like, who has a landline? Old people. Sure. P- anybody who like their main, te- like their main telephone, which is how they generally contact people. If your main telephone is a cell phone and you don't recognize the number, like You're I don't answer. Yeah. Because now like they do the thing where like it looks like your number or or they like call from a number that's the area code that matches your area code. Yeah. So the other day I had like a 917 number call me, which I never answer any number that I don't know. Yeah. And there was like that delay because they're, u- they're using like an automatic dial. Mm-hmm. So they're just they're calling like one person is pressing a button that calls 20 phones yeah and whoever picks up first like that's the number that you that you you get picked up to on your end mm-hmm. so there's always that delay and it was the DCCC and I was like oh no no like, no not right now I can't I don't have money to give you like I, I I would love but I just and I support Adam Schiff and the work of the how I just can't sure do I can't sure. do the donations but like that I mean it's hard it's hard getting an accurate yeah poll and then, and nobody's really figured out like what the new wave in polling is. No, there is no, there's no modern polling system right now. No, because to do it online, like how do you know that somebody's not forging it or forging whatever? It, why? Also, like how do you track So many it? people don't have access to, mm-hmm. you know, like internet, like you know, at leisure. Yeah. So it's just it it it'll always just project probably a predominantly older, privileged white population. Or if you do it online, a younger or a younger liberal liberal generation. generation. Yeah. 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 Sure. Love it. People, my people. Did you love it? I love it. I, I love can't it. wait, guys. We are gonna get through this together. Mm-hmm. I prom what my my promise to you throughout now that we're starting caucuses and primaries is that we will be by your side the entire time. We should do update episodes well, on like what happened. We're going to do update things. episodes on when big primaries happen, what happened, what we saw, where people are at in the race. We, uh, you know, here at Let's Get Civical, we support whatever you decide to do. We just ask that you vote. Yeah. We just ask that you participate in whatever your state does, unless you're one of the states where they don't allow you to participate, <laughs> in which case we ask that you write a letter, call somebody, because that's absolutely crazy. Or if you have the ability, take them to court. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Let's get crazy. We'll cover that court case. Hell Hells, yeah. yeah. But that is our episode. If you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. You can rate us, you can review us, you can subscribe to us. We love you so, so much, and we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.